2: So I wanted to start the show with, hey, 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 because right before the show, the show before the show was the best part of the show. I wish you could join us, Stock Nerds and Market Lovers. So uh, <laughs> so Zach shows up, and I don't know what happened, but I, I just wanted to say, hey, hey, hey to him. And then then we started down this path of shows that won't get made anymore. And I said, I don't think you can make Fat Albert anymore. Like, it's not it's not in well, with, with the course. times. Yeah. Well, I, it started out with Bill Cosby's not in vogue, Right. And then right. it yeah. And then it went to. I don't think that show gets made anymore. And then I said, I don't think The Office, the TV show The Office, would get made anymore with some of the the off humor. Yeah, it's not appropriate uh, in 2021. And but, but wait, it is funny. It is funny <laughs> for sure. And then which led to a whole bunch of other things. And I just wish, like, there's like, there's characters on like on Fat, like, which led to there's characters on Fat Albert. But the title character is not. The title of the show—they're mean to Albert, man—and yeah. so uh, like, the, which then it led to: Are there any cartoons that have uh, pleasantly plump Alberts in them anymore? And I don't think there are. And then uh, I think Hunter uh, came out with um, Peter from Family Guy, but that's a—that's an adult cartoon, which mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Simpsons is Homer, right? So TV dads could be pleasantly plump. And then, which got me thinking just now. Not a cartoon, but Webster's dad was pleasantly plump. Who are the fat dads in the world on TV? I got Homer. I've got Don. Uh, uh, Peter. Goodman. I was going to say oh, Roseanne. That's yeah, a great right. one, Don. Are there any other? Port- they
0: got rid of rid of Roseanne though, and but now now John Goodman lost some weight. Now he's oh, there. John Goodman did
2: get thin. Yeah, he he's got there. he found he found uh, the keto diet. Um, who else? Confirm. Are there any other? Uh any other portly dads out there from TV land? I got Web I came in with Webster's dad. That's all I had. Oh, okay. Mr. Belvedere, not a dad father figure. That's right. Okay. Hilarious yeah. show. Mr. Belvedere? Bob Euchre. Yeah. The fact that they took Bob Euchre, nope. who came from baseball fame, and then Miller Lite commercial fame, and then cast a sitcom around him that came on after Who's the Boss? Tuesdays on ABC. Um that's honest to God, <laughs> <laughs> Who's the boss aired first, right? They took Tony Danza, which, by the way, not a portly father figure. Tony Danza moved in with Angela because he, uh, just a – I don't think that – does that situation happen in 2021 where a guy shows up with his daughter in a van to do some handiwork and they end up moving in together? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think any of that happens. But listen, soccer and smart we have more to talk about. And here's the thing. There's a lot going on, right? Really serious stuff happening in the world. And uh the markets are are they turbulent? You know, they're up today, but I like are you know, they they might be going through a little bit of metamorphosis, you know, like a butterfly that it changes, you know, instead of a uh you know, like the markets are different. Like you get this caterpillar that changes it to a beautiful butterfly. When the markets go through a metamorphosis, they just sell off, right? And they and they're not and they're not pleasant often. And we're gonna talk about that here in a moment. But I think uh, you know, with all the serious news coming out from overseas, there's a lot of things that are affecting markets, and, and some might say it, it it is what's happening in Afghanistan, or some might say it it is what's taking place in China, and I and I I don't know. We're not going to know right till it till it happens. It's like this takes me back to the 2015 time frame where it it was the Greek debt. Remember this, Danny? And by the way, Danny, speaking of Greek debt, you've got a lot of chest hair popping through that shirt again.
0: Man,
2: <laughs> Thank are, you. So, I don't know who so left mean, because I can't man. see the past. Yeah. But um, <laughs> speaking of Greek debt, uh, so it was this Greek debt crisis, right? And everyone was focused on is, they say the EU, but it was really Germany. Was Germany going to bail out Greece? And who, who was the main character from, the? I mean, he was on TV like every day pleading this case. The: Mario Greek, the Draghi?
0: Or the no, he was
2: the Greek prime minister. I forget oh, his name uh, now. That, is that, can Alex, Alex, do you oh, know who that, that is? That <laughs> is not fair. Not that fair. is 100% not fair. Alex
0: Greek should know. That is
2: 1,000% unfair. I'm just going <laughs> to... Jesus, Danny. He was a
0: teenager then.
2: something that,
1: Yeah. I,
0: teenager? <laughs> it was only six years ago. That, that, that narrows it down to half the islands, John, uh, Oh, John.
2: okay. Before we go down this road anymore. Uh, so, But really, it was China. It was China about to devalue their currency. They took their currency down and the markets just fell out of bed. And there was this big margin down day on Monday after a couple of really rough days, right, right during options expiration week, I believe, um, uh, in August of 2015. And so now we've kind of got this similar setup going on. And I want to discuss that as we get into the show, where there's a lot, I mean, there you've got geopolitical stuff going on, okay. Which has pushed back what China, China wants you know this fairness and transparency with their companies and they want to break up monopolies. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about that. They just in- want. Period. We're going to talk about that. Um and and then you've got what happened last week and then we talked we referenced the chart. Let me just pull this up real quick. Uh I think it's over here. Uh the consumer sentiment just plunged. 10 year low last week last Friday and that is a that has always been, to me, a leading indicator. Uh, I studied it. I I took on the extra work of, uh, of once I learned, like I used to, like I know economic reports, right? But then I was talking with uh, this economist who happened to be a professor at my grad program, and he works for the FDIC, and we're talking about like leading and lagging indicators. And he says, you should study uh, uh, consumer confidence. And then I started plotting, you know, all the reports against the S&P. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually a leading indicator. This is pretty interesting. And so. I don't know what wins the day in terms of what drives price of the markets. But if, if, if you, you said today on August 20th, uh, what drives price, I think it's still consumer uh, sentiment because we're a consumer driven economy. We're not a uh, industrial economy like China's an industrial manufacturing economy. But if China China is, is uh, economically saber rattling, and and we shouldn't lose sight of that. But I've got some other things I want to talk about beforehand, uh, just off the top of the show. Then we'll get into the meat of the show. and Then we'll we'll get the flow going. If you want to hear something interesting? We're talking about history uh, before the, the show. Before the show is always better. It, in my estimation, has always been better than the actual show that we. Produce. And that's not hyperbole. Like, it's just banter, right? And I think people would be interested to hear the banter. Like, what are we actually talking about and stuff? Like, that kind of behind the scenes look. Like, and maybe one day, we'll just have Zach running the, the audio. Hidden camera. Just, yeah. just assume when you're in here, I'm recording. Really yeah, <laughs> that's a, probably a good approach. So um, so speaking of geopolitical events. So I, I, I was a Marine. I was a Marine helicopter pilot. I did three deployments to Iraq. never went to Afghanistan. Do you want to hear some history data? Sure. About what's going on. So the Marine Corps replaced, and I don't think you can see, you can't see it here. So I'll close these in a minute. The -hmm. Marine Corps replaced their CH-46 Echoes. That's the airframe I flew uh, with the Osprey, which is the vertical takeoff fly like a plane. Really cool technology. When I was in flight school in 2000, right? I I got Marine 99. Um, When I was in flight school in 2000, 2001, they were saying hey the ospreys coming the ospreys coming you can sign up for the osprey osprey never got there like it, it just really bad setbacks osprey didn't come online the first squadron of ospreys didn't come online until i believe uh december november december of 07. It, 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 this thing had been developed since the 80s so it took forever to get the osprey there the airframe when i started flying it was already like Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, but they would modernize it, and they go through grooming. That's of the what they called the frog. <laughs> yeah, the frog, and so it got two rotors on top. So the frog. I flew the frogs that were flown in Vietnam, that were developed before Vietnam, flowed wow. in Vietnam, and then throughout the seventies, eighties, 90s. It
0: was a big taxi. And two
2: thousand. Right? No, well, it's a, it's it's medevac. It's um, it's uh, putting, but I mean, it's
0: a big transport. It's uh,
2: not. Big, not uh, it, it, yeah it's, it's a hell it's a bigger helicopter but it's not the, it's not C-53 Super style. it's not
0: well for a helicopter it's pretty good yeah
2: so um so I'm watching events unfold and the best part about the marine corps uh, in my opinion one of the best one of the best parts about it, like whenever something happens like there's like this brother and sisterhood of people right like you ju- yeah. oh yeah like you're just automatically like you might not have spoken to someone in 10 years you know but you're just like see this oh yeah and you're just like right back in like we've been flying you know like missions together anyway so one of uh <laughs> one of the and the frog community is pretty tight Marine Corps is pretty tight and is smallest of the services and, and pilots and air crew in general are we're the smallest component of that of that entity so someone picks up on that state department was using old Marine Corps frogs. And I didn't know this, like I didn't know any of this, right? Like I'm, you know, not a Marine anymore. And so the here since uh, the Marine Corps started getting rid of their frogs to replace, you know, with the Ospreys, they were giving them, or the State Department was buying them, I don't know what they were doing, but they were using them as the embassy air. So the embassy in Iraq, the embassy in uh, uh, Afghanistan, Kabul, they're flying these planes. These helicopters to transport people, okay, and it's really freaking expensive, and so that's why uh, they were driving more people. But as things became tenuous in Kabul, they were using frogs to get to get the consulate people out and, and get them over to the militaristic side of, of the uh, Hamid Hamid Karzai mm-hmm. International Airport, and get this. Now here's the history. Now get, th- and by the way, here's the helicopter. If you want to see it, it's Dr. a market. It's this. That's on my screen. So that's that's what I flew in the Marine Corps. That's on the deck of a of it's ship a ship. good right looking now. helicopter. Oh, it's a beautiful helicopter. That thing is a Cadillac of helicopters. Let me tell you something. Your best lift with uh, helicopters isn't like a Bell Jet Ranger, like like you see the, hel- the, the blades on top and the propeller on the back. Like, no, 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 that your best smoothest ride is two rotors on top. And so and I know that because I've flown both machines and I'm telling you one just beats the air into submission. That's the, that's your Bell Jet Ranger. This one magically, it's the, it's the helicopter Jesus would want to get back to heaven. Like if he had to take a helicopter <laughs> to get into heaven, he'd be like, I'll take that. It's the golden chariot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jesus himself, right? Like at the right hand of Pontius Pilate, like, like the whole thing, like <laughs> speaking of Catholicism. And so the frogs that were used to evacuate, um, the frogs that were used to evacuate Saigon. there's yes. w- There's one of them that was used in the mission to get wow. the consulate people out of Kabul. Like that is astounding. And you could see the comparison photos. Well, so the, on on this evacuating the embassy. Let me circle this. So on the other side of the helicopter. So so there. Oh, my screen won't let me draw. But where my arrow is, it says seven six five four. Those are the last four digits of the BUNO number. And so every helicopter, when it's born, is assigned a, a number. And that number is actually on the other side of the it was On the back, like a license plate. Yeah. yeah. And someone, some really observant Marine, right, uh, said, I bet you that was, you. like, just wanted to know. And, and found the BUNO number <laughs> uh, on one of the planes, you know, on one of the helicopters that was used, like, because there's pictures. Uh, you could Google it now; like it's out there on the uh, on the Facebooks on the interwebs. Uh, what an amazing piece of history, right? Yep. And now because these helicopters are so hard to maintain, the State Department's just leaving them there. They're, it's crazy. Like these things are so, along with a lot of other stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We can get it. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of did. That's what I wanted to avoid a little bit there. So, Tim, how, I'm curious because you trained in these things. How confident are you, an untrained? Would be able to master the Jesus chariot of helicopters. They're gonna die. Mean, You're gonna die <laughs> like that. <laughs> you need lots of training. Like that whole that <laughs> whole scene. I don't know. Yeah, where Arnold Schwarzenegger jumps in a Harrier and just starts flying and tr- is it. And what is it? True Lies? No. Where yeah, True
3: Lies. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. I I for, I don't watch movies, but somehow I remember this. Uh, it's so unrealistic. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I'm 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 a little bit dyslexic. Like I'm seriously a little bit dyslexic. I. have I don't know why, uh, like, my brain doesn't see things the right way or compute things the right way, but when you're flying a helicopter, so your wing is on the top, like, it's really easy. Like, when you're flying a plane, right, like, if my phone's a plane, and you've got wing, like, your air goes over the wing. It produces lift, and, you, and, and it's really simple to understand, and it just the damn thing just flies, man. Well, now you've got on a helicopter, depending on how many blades you have, those are individual wings spinning above you. And so it it where an airplane takes power forward to get to generate the lift and you pull back to get to get up in the air. Now your wing it it takes it from three two to three dimensions to like four dimensions. And so you've got it, you've got your wing spinning above you. And now you so you're controlling like your stick, your right hand is your stick, so you're controlling the the aircraft with the stick, controlling power here. So you're producing lift. Uh, By turning the blades, and then now with your feet, you're getting yaw. You're getting yaw. So, man, okay, it's 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 the most amount of hand-eye coordination. I and and there came a time in flight school, like I'm not some. I'll tell you the exact truth. I almost flunked out of flight school because I could not figure out how to hover. And when I say almost flunked out of flight school, you get an on wing, and so nobody knows. It's like the stock market. Nobody knows. The stock market, right? You got to, someone has to teach it to you. And so, someone has to teach you the flight. No one's some people are more natural at it. I was not one of these people. So, Captain Browning, the most patient human being in the world, a uh, Marine Corps uh, aviator, I think he flew 53s. And so, he says, oh, Look here, Lieutenant, if you don't start learning how to hover, I'm going to have to uh, recommend you do something else in the Marine Corps. <laughs> and, and that's like a lot of pressure, right? Because I like, we'd go out to this spot in uh, Whiting, Florida. I'd pick up the helicopter and it was just all over the place. And like, I, I couldn't get any of the skill set. Like, you're only five feet off the air, but yet I almost rolled the damn thing, like, how many times? And finally, um, one of the times I was messing up, like, like you're talking six hours now, like, six hours, not, not a, like over the course of a couple different flights, right? And you're just coming back defeated. And, and by the way, you're already a trained aviator like you're not you don't have your wings like i already knew how to fly cuz every marine every naval aviator goes through you fly a T34 now it's on a T6 Texan I believe it's a T34 so it's 525 shaft horsepower you've done aerobatics like you've done loop de loops aileron rolls like you 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 know how to fly instruments a little bit like you're really you are you can fly a plane it's just this one skill i couldn't get it's the first it's like the most amazing skill Hovering's important though cuz that's how they get in and out of the helicopter i've heard this and so, um, and so I take it over to the tree line, uh, like it's a forest and it just happened to have, That's a, a big weed eater run. No, sh- yeah, no yes. kidding. For sure is. And <laughs> so, um, I, I drifted like I was, I couldn't control the damn thing and I kept drifting, drifting and drifting. And I drifted over to the tree line and like, we're like this close from the, from the pine tree in, in Northwest Florida is all pine trees. <laughs> and. All of a sudden, I could hover. And uh, Captain Browning says, give me controls. Takes it back to a spot, you know, on the runway. Pick up the aircraft.
0: Maybe the Jesus took
2: the wheel. No, no, no. It's, he took, he says, take that the
0: That ought air- to be a song. Jesus I've
2: heard this, yes. <laughs> Is it Miranda Lambert? And so uh, he, I, he goes, you have controls. I pick it up. And I can't hover again. And he says, give me controls. Flies me over to the tree line. Says, pick up the aircraft. And I could hover like that. He says, it's your eyes. It's your perception. Because the scan is out, down, in, out, down, in. So you have to be able to look at your eyes and go out, down, in, out, down, in. So you're scanning out what's in front of you, down what's below you, back at your instrument. Out, down, in, out, down, in. He goes, there's something not registering. He goes, but the trees are bringing something into perception. We're not leaving this spot so you can hover. You have no perception, yes. So there was something in in, in the way I was perceiving the deck. And I threw the bubble of the aircraft, all the helicopters clear uh chin bubbles and so i couldn't i, I couldn't see uh, like I, I i wasn't computing but once i got like it was that magic moment that i was i was like oh my god it's like i it's like a second skill and then that yeah yeah it helped. well so that's similar to snow
0: skiing when oh, you when you're snow skiing and you're in a blizzard you're in a, it's called a whiteout you're in a whiteout yeah you don't have any percept everything is white you can't in the middle of the slope you can't so you need to go ski along the tree line right next to the trees because you have the you've got the then you can see you've got yeah. perception right that
2: makes sense yeah so anyway but i thought you'd for you because uh, uh and by the way that story emanated because don we just had to talk about I turning forgot, our phones off i
0: forgot to
2: turn my phone <laughs> off silent so that all came out because uh danny said something don called danny cliff clavin Danny acted like he knew who Cliff Clavin was. We don't know, I know who Cliff Clavin is. I love that. <laughs> His thing on Jeopardy was the classic. When
0: he won every question and then d- and doubled down on the final Jeopardy and lost. Yeah.
2: No <laughs> So Danny does know who Cliff Clavin is. So anyway, that's where and I'm like, oh, Danny, I got something for history for you. So I didn't plan to start the show for this. We'll talk about this next week. Uh, you know the best line? Real what's quick, that?
0: Best line in cheers um,
2: ever. What? When they, when they, when they, Norm walks
0: in, Norm! And he said, "How's it going, Norm?" And he said, "It's a dog eat dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear." <laughs> <laughs> Still holds good. up all these years later. It's good. Orwood <laughs> Fraser and Orwood Fraser and Lilith were trying to get the, get their baby to talk. They thought because they were so intelligent, the baby wouldn't speak for like nine months. Yeah. And Fraser was sneaking the baby into the bar. And Lilith came one time and caught him and started yelling at him. Finally, Norm walks in. And the baby goes.
2: Norm, <laughs> What's the third best line from Cheers? <laughs> I, now, I'm, now I'm curious. I, I've got one and two. Well, those two are
0: jumped up to top. I, I have trouble <laughs> reading this. Awesome. Good. Uh, you
2: watch a lot of Cheers, Dan? <laughs> I never did. I missed Cheers. <laughs> Gosh, That was so, a great show. Uh, I, I contended. Tani and I have been having a discussion. I don't know if we talked about it on the show uh, recently, but we'll probably get to it next week. Uh, from the business page of the New York Times, workers in demand. Workers are in demand, obviously, from anyone who knows uh going out into the economy these days. And many are seizing the moment to trade in dead end gigs for occupations with growth potential. And if you've seen the performance of Uber, of Lyft, they're, they're severely underperforming uh the overall market this year. And my whole thought process is that nobody wants to do those jobs. Like they're not, they're, they're jobs. They're not careers. And and the article goes on. People are trading in those types of gig economy. And I wonder about the validity. And I'm not being hyperbolic uh, when I say this. I genuinely wonder about the validity as an ongoing concern of Uber. And I know that makes me sound ignorant. Well, Tim, you realize there's like a gazillion shares of Uber out there. And they deliver food. And they... Just ask yourself this, folks. You want your kid to grow up to be an Uber driver. And Good point. And so I don't mean that rudely, because I think that if you're putting yourself through school, like, like it doesn't mean that, well, Tim, cab drivers are people, too. that's not what I'm saying. No one aspires to do that. And I think that workers are realizing their value, and they can get more, they can do more, they can be more. The opportunity, you know, to, Zach and I were having this conversation last week. Like if you wanted to learn a skill set, it's on YouTube. YouTube is, I think, oh like gotcha. it's 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 indoor plumbing, air conditioning, and YouTube, right? Are, are like some of the greatest inventions because you can learn. oh, well, and no one wants anything. to poop in a bucket, and so uh, you can learn just anything. Like if Danny, you wanted to it's learn,
0: like you can learn to fly one of those helicopters. I bet on you. I bet you. I bet you. It's, I bet I you it's bet on you there. Can. I yeah. bet you. It's on there. Some
2: crazy somebody's got they, a helicopter. They've got some kind of simulator like, that you can try to. I bet yeah. you. It's on there, and so. Although I think these jobs are bridges to get where you want to be. I don't think they're careers. And I don't know if there's enough people. Like people are complaining about inflation, right? Speaking of inflation, history. You ready for history? I learn something new at the office every time I come in. So if you look on the walls of the office. By the way, Stockner and Lovers, if you want to come into the office, we'd love to have you. Come on in. Have a cup of coffee. So um, we're in Dallas. You could fly in. If you're out of town, fly in. Southwest flight ride. Right, literally 20 minutes from the office. So um, Danny, outside of his office, has two uh, front pages of the Wall Street Journal, 10 years apart, 1999, 2009, one Marks Dow topping 10,000 10 for, t- for the first time, one Marks Dow hitting 10,000 after a, an incredibly painful lost sell-off. Decade. By yes. the way,
0: I've got another one in my desk drawer I just haven't framed yet.
2: So, but what struck me, not, not, the, not the lost decade. That's, that's the obvious. The paper in 1999 was 75 cents a copy. The paper that you have out there, it's either 225 or 275 a copy. That's 10 years. And that's inflation, right? Like that, that's, percentage-wise, that's some big inflation, man. And so um, I don't think that, because uh, uh, wages, uh, based on inflation, wages have not kept up. I mean, it it's
0: finally started to move up now. Yeah, but yeah. they're not. They're not anywhere. For, for, for 20, 30 years. Wa- yes.
2: Inflation is over 5% right now. And That's wages right, right. are not that. And so uh, up over 5%. It, it, like, just look at the monthly jobs report. And wages went up two-tenths of a percent. Inflation is at 5.7%. You know, like that. The, you can't, you might get to where you want to be. History welcome to the 70 Yeah. You you might get to where you want to be, driving for Uber. But how long do you want to deliver someone's 99 cents spicy nugs from Wendy's? And, that, and and I mean that with all the sincerity of the world. And and I know there's a lot of people that have had cap, like cab drivers, you know, like they put their kids through school, like bus transportation drivers. When you put, when you're a transportation driver, like in, for a for a city, you're a city employee and there's benefits and there's rent. Like there's, it's a whole different world than this gig economy. And I don't know how long this gig economy goes on because work workers realize right now, workers are in power and it's
0: finally a great time to be a college graduate.
2: Yeah. And, and kudos. Like I, I, I Danny knows I'm a populist when it comes to all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so.
0: Like Teddy Roosevelt Jr. <sighs> I,
2: I I think that now is an amazing, like the people like Uber, yeah, like people could say it's a great service. It, it solved the problem, you know, like like cabs anywhere, cabs everywhere. You the technology that came about from the phone that make it all possible. But how you're doing it? You're 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 with the labor, right? Which is another show, another debate. I don't know how long it goes on. That's another topic for another day. Danny, I've got another thing before we hit stocks. I'm going to hit stocks hard here in a moment. Okay. But the world is incredibly cutthroat. And the business deal that just took place yesterday is going to go down in history with one of the most cutthroat things that's happened since since Schwab old Chuck and I don't know if this was Chuck or uh, who's the CEO right now. Gosh, his name literally just left my head. of Schwab. Walt, Walt Bender. I don't know whose strategy it was to, in 2020. It was 2020, right? No, Don, was it 2020 or 2019 Schwab? Uh, it 2019. 2019.
0: End of 2018, pre-trades <coughs> to make it.
2: October. So, yeah. so, make it so tough and then. So yeah. they, they kneecap Schwab. Schwab and T, you know, they, it, it was. Waterloo. Let's go with history. Waterloo was a big, uh, a big um, defeat for Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, but it was a slaughter, right?
0: Well, yeah, he got beat pretty badly.
2: Did they they lured him in, right? Yes. Can you tell me who? Because I actually don't know, and
0: I'm not being facetious. Uh, it was General. <clears throat> I, don't, I may need help on this. British General. Um, can't remember his name right. Why? Now. Why? Corn- but he got, but he got him. The Cornwallis is over here. But he got him to split and mm-hmm. got him to he could divide and conquer.
2: Thank you. Schwab did that. Schwab, you know, it was just Robin Hood and maybe one or other, one or two others doing these free trades. Schwab comes in. We're going to do it now too. The stock price falls of TD uh, tremendously, and and then like the next week. Oh, by the way, we're going to buy you. And we're gonna buy you on a discount. And we're gonna consolidate this. And they TD had nothing. They couldn't, they couldn't fight it. And so you get that big consolidation. So yesterday, Daniel, baller move. Ball. It's in sports cards. So just to give you an example of how big sports cards are on one platform, just one platform, eBay. So eBay released a report. Um uh in the first six months of this year, January through June, two billion dollars in sports cards have been transacted on eBay. That's some pretty good moving, right? It, trained, and yeah. eBay eBay takes ten percent of, of most sales. Okay, just in, mm-hmm. just in general. <laughs> so that's some big that's some big big money. And so um, fanatics. So uh, so what makes sports cards valuable are the licenses. And the licenses get complicated, but I'm going to – I have to read this, okay? Because – and it's just like two seconds here. In sweeping reordering of the trading card universe, unions representing players in Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL have struck exclusive agreements with a new company controlled by online sports merchandise retailer, Fanatics. They just – now – so the deals break the grip that incumbent icon, Tops has held on baseball, the baseball card market since the 1950s, and the basketball and football players have deals with Panini America. So Fanatics, which is run by Michael Rubin, uh, well, he's the chairman now, is a, he's an entrepreneur. Michael Rubin started out in this business of, like, of selling things, right? As a kid out of, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, he would go around to the ski shops after uh after ski season take all their surplus put it in a storefront and sell it himself from there he had he built some online businesses i believe they were bought by ebay ebay let him languish because ebay you know ebay i don't think ebay was well run there for a while and uh he bought them back created fanatics which is if you want an nfl t-shirt your most or any t-shirt from the sports leagues you're most likely getting it and what they do is they also print on demand so like when the eagles win the world championship again right like that night they'll have uh, eagles t-shirts so anyway 47 i was about <laughs> to say i was about to say 30 way. 31 yeah. oh hey real real quick pause <laughs> don let's let's do the last the last in a series a of our of our 10 Tebow updates wow. go ahead don, uh, tell, tell you what don thank you don thank you
1: don thank you Tim. He, well he it, was it, uh, deemed as one of the five worst worst uh, athlete on the Jaguars roster, so in the cut down from ninety to eighty five. There's he a
2: clip did of not that, make it. There's a clip of the. Uh, I felt bad for him. He like threw himself at a block uh, against <laughs> the Colts, and yeah, man. But I mean, what an amazing journey! Like I, whatever people people, I don't. Know. He still had uh, did uh, more, uh, more than most. He's so beloved that he had. I think when he got cut, he had the number one selling jersey in the league. It's amazing
1: when he got after he got signed. He did, yeah. I don't know yeah. if, he, if he still did after he got cut. Oh, bad, but
2: that's pretty amazing, man. But
1: Monday night, uh tune in to see the uh, 2021 future rookie offensive rookie of the year, uh Trevor Lawrence, lead the Jaguars against the Saints. What about Etienne, you don't think game it, Don?
2: What's that? What's Oop. that, Hunter?
4: Etienne, the running back that no, uh, played with it. Trevor Rudy at Trevor Clemson. Won. Okay. <laughs> They look pretty good. I, I uh, love that. By
1: the way, Guns and, uh, guns and Sweetums have, are officially the number 10 <laughs> entry into the Stanley Fantasy Football League. For- oh! oh, oh so there you go. Oh, let the games oh. begin.
2: There you go. Okay, well, <laughs> well, no, we'll shift our updates to that. Now, now. that's an update. When's, the, when's, when's the draft?
1: Uh, on the
2: Tuesday after Labor Day. Okay, so we'll just get those updates. Uh, we'll get some draft prep next week, and then uh, we'll just get updates throughout the season. Um, I'm, I'm afraid to say this, I almost cringe.
0: But I actually, we have a, uh, I have a friend and a client that actually has a sport, he's had a very big sports show in Dallas and he's heard our podcast and he said, hey, if you ever want to, uh, to come on and talk about the sports and the contract and what's going on. Who is oh. it? Well, I can't. Why can't uh, you anyway, say? His name is Tim.
4: Yeah, we'll bring him bring him on for parlays. Uh, is he right for yeah, the Dallas
0: Morning on. News? Football
1: season starts.
0: <laughs> he had his own radio show and magazine. Oh, he may write for the Morning News. I don't know.
1: Okay, Tim Matthews. Guns and Sweetums oh, have the number no, one by the way.
2: Oh, really? That's right. Oh, hey, hold that for don't. We're not going to discuss it. I want to know next week. Because there'll be there'll be stuff. I want to know in the draft.
0: Okay, so all three you. Which one of you is <clears throat> picking Tim Tebow. <laughs>
2: Well, that was
4: our initial plan. Now we're looking at Carson Wentz <laughs> with our number one overall pick. You guys really You
2: guys laugh, car, though I When did. Carson when Carson Wentz wins comeback player of the year, and the Eagles get comeback a number one of the
0: year. Oh my god!
2: Yeah, this is all part of the plan, Danny. He dropped off so yeah. we could come back. He's
0: lulling him into a false sense of security. He's the
2: Muhammad Ali of football. Is that he's got a rope a dope he just going get on? The
0: injury. Is that a, He just got
4: this preseason foot injury so that he could add to the comeback player of the year story, Tim? Listen,
2: you guys know this. This storyline was all written before this season. Nice. It's like WWE. So they, they wrote the whole storyline. Listen, they, they already know what the Super Bowl winner's going to be. Come on. That's right. You all know that. All three unions uh, will have stakes. So this is the new thing. And this is what uh, players and people and people who are so-called influencers They're not just getting paid anymore. They want equity in the company. If they're going to help build the company, they don't want to just get paid. They want equity in the company. This is where the whole world's heading, right? And there's going to come a time where a player like Messi just got released from Spain. Uh, There's going to come a time where you're going to see, and it's going to happen in Europe first, because we're backwards here for some reason, uh, where a soccer player is going to get a piece of equity of the team while he's there. And then when he leaves, uh, he'll, he'll be forced to sell his equity. And, and if he did his job, right, if the player, he or she, did their job, the player will have boosted the 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 cost basis of those shares in that equity. It'd be interesting. So where, where are you getting Not that from? Not the cost though? basis. Is that like a real. No, that's where I think it's headed. I think that... Well, I mean, he, that's
4: interesting. Just an no, interesting no, incentive for like okay. a LeBron James. Yeah, this, isn't
2: a, this isn't a... I, I think a lot of people have this thought because Messi's contract, like if you read what happened, uh, Messi's contract ruined the team in Spain. Like the team in Spain is worth billions, but they're like financially decrepit because of this contract and all this money they paid to Messi. Whereas if they had given them like like half the money and equity in the team, it would have it would have worked out a lot better.
0: And it would have turned it into capital gains versus income. Helps the player.
2: And there we have it, yes, folks, because this tax laws in Spain are like here.
0: Well if they're like here.
2: if they're like so all hey, three. I have units. a quick question for uh, for
3: Don for Don going back a little bit. Is there gonna be <laughs> enough room on that trophy for me and Hunter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? Well, let's let's worry about that after you at least put up a couple of points.
2: Oh are Sweetums right. actually no, a candy? Like sweet tarts are what I'm thinking of. Sweet tarts are those oh, yeah, little Sweetums. discs.
1: No, Smarties, are, are, are Smarties.
2: Smarties are what I'm
4: Smarties. Smarties. I remember that. Smarties and sweet tarts, same candy family.
2: Really? So all, may, we just mix them, call them Sweetums. Anyway. They're different. They're anyways, similar. <laughs> all three unions will have stakes in the entity that will now control the most lucrative sports trading card assets in the country. MLB and NBA have struck deals. I'm going to get into, Danny, this is going to wreck a SPAC in a moment. Okay? Don't, I'm, I'm going somewhere where this is about to wreck a SPAC. Right. So the, deal, the deals figure to have a major impact on the fortunes of old Star Wars uh, of the sports cards business, tops. And a newer one that is change, uh, charging deeper into it. Fanatics, the players in the leagues playing to leverage the same expertise turned fanatics that go to online retail sports gear. Here's where it gets interesting. So, uh, tops, the longtime incumbent in baseball is in the process of going public. I don't know if you remember this. They're in the process. Like right now, they were due to vote this coming Wednesday. Oh, so 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 Murdoch Capital Acquisition Corp. Two. Uh, is a SPAC, okay? And what happens is the members of the SPAC, the people that have bought the shares of SPAC, they vote on the target acquisition. That vote is to, well, it was to come on this, I believe this coming Wednesday. So they're just about to have this vote. And behind the scenes, behind the scenes, Fanatics, Michael Rubin, they're going to the leagues and saying, hey, these licenses come up. We want in. We'll name your price. The league say, we want equity. We'll give it to you. What do you want? Danny, the value of the deals to just one of the leagues is estimated to be worth, by the time the deal is done, It's estimated to be worth $2 billion. Whether that comes to fruition or not, it's a whole different story. For the players, right now, that's the, that's the MLB. For Topps, the, the, Topps is only playing paying the MLB Players Association, the MLBPA, $20 million this year. And, and here comes fanatics going, we got money. What do you want? We want equity. We're going to give it to you. So not only that, so top deal comes up in 2025, 2026. The NBA deals come up a little bit sooner. NFL deals come up a little bit sooner. So fanatics just says, screw you guys. We're taking them all. They have just changed a major sports business. And they've given power, more power. I mean, the NBA is, only, the NBA is a power. The, play, the players have the power. Not so much in football. Uh, or baseball, but uh, more so with the NBA. But listen to this. So long time in common baseball. Okay, the deal with Murdoch Capital Acquisition Corp. Uh, valued the combined entity at about $1.16 billion. The company said when they announced the deal this just this past April. Topps released its second quarter earnings two days ago on Wednesday, announcing that sales had increased 78% and, ra- and it raised its outlook for the year. Fanatics, meanwhile, has emerged as one of the most aggressive forces in sports merchandising, got Now, by the way, Fanatics is built at is valued at it's a private company. Uh, just took on just took on more money the other day, right? And um, valued at 18 billion. Then this morning this news breaks. With Fanatics MLB deals tops, now becomes a shell of itself. mudrick capital i've been mispronouncing it it's mudrick mudrick capital which was supposed to bring tops public has informed the sec this morning that it will terminate their agreement holy hell this is this is is real money i what you gotta (laughs) throw me the ticker of it (laughs) underthrown
4: muds it's okay. just pretty interesting to look. I mean, it's, it's back to being worth what a spec is worth right around sure, 10.
2: dollars
0: yeah. and they're going to redeem their shares, like give us some money back.
2: So uh, this timing by Fanatics, I want you to know what they did because this is, this, is, this is so effing cutthroat. This deal by Fanatics announced a whole week, not even a week, before they're going to vote on this consummation of a marriage, right? Like can it go through? You'd rather find out before than a week after. No, 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 no. It's made tops worthless. So, so, so imagine, Danny, that you have a company.
0: But if you put the money in and invested, and then found out a week later, you lose all your money. Well, this way they can redeem what they their principal.
2: Well, th- this negotiation <laughs> by fanatics is—they're going to write, if not a, not a book, a case study. Like, th- these tactics right now using the leverage of free trading by Schwab and TD, using this leverage of venture capital, because they, FedEx just got an influx of capital that valued them at $18 billion. They used that money to go negotiate with the leagues. They turned it around like this, and, and they just took a company that was going to be valued at one. I mean, Danny, on Wednesday night, a week, a week before you you're gonna go vote on this deal. You're an executive at TOPS. Now they of course they were probably they know. I don't know if the TOPS executives knew that there was a negotiation going on in the background. Like, I don't know. Do you start negotiating those things? Because the deal doesn't end to 25, 26, like 2025, 26. We're at 2021. So when does that cycle start to start renegotiating licenses and that thing, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like if it's 18 months, if it's thirty-six months, it doesn't matter. I don't think the way this is the way I'm getting at it, the way I'm reading it, I don't think Topps knew that this was a negotiation. No. It's almost like they weren't invited to it. No one has written anything like Topps was invited to make a counteroffer and they didn't. Fanatics just went behind closed doors, said, Hey man, what you got? Fanatics is gonna
0: end up buying out the assets of Tops
2: for For pennies on the dollar. And it's the same thing. Schwab has written the playbook here. Schwab wrote the playbook on how to leverage. You know, like,
0: <laughs>
2: they leveraged it. leveraged venture capital. Schwab leveraged free trades. I mean, this company, if, if you're an exe- like Michael Eisner is, a, is a, one of the, um, Mudrick is, is part of Tops. Like, Michael Eisner has something to do with Tops. I don't know if it's Mudrick or um, that Michael Eisner bought Tops. They literally took a company that was going to be valued at $1.16 billion and made it worth zero. Because the only license I believe Tops has left is like soccer. I'm not even sure which league. I don't. I, like, the, like, that's a lot of money, dude. Like, they just literally. So
4: Panini is still safe, though, right? No. Because
2: they're NBA, NFL, right? Yeah, the, the NBA's going to Fanatics, NFL's going to Fanatics. Like this whole like so now, uh, Tops can choose to sell itself to, uh, fanatics, right? But, like, the, so Panini right now makes baseball cards, but they can't print team logos. They only have a deal with the, uh, Major League Baseball's Players Association. So when you get a Panini baseball card, it just has the player, not the, like, like not the team logo. Tops has the license with the MLB to use the logos and with the Players Association to use the likeness. And so, um, I can't do two things at once. So all of this is interesting. Like they literally just capped off a company. I don't know what happens to Panini, Hunter. I really don't. Um, They have hockey. Uh, No, Upper Deck has hockey, which is the least popular. No matter what
1: happens, there's still a good sandwich. I mean, when you compress two pieces of bread in in between the Panini Maker, it's –
0: We've got but that going that's for you. capitalism.
2: That, oh my gosh! It this job is,
0: creation and
2: destruction. It's still like, the
0: best system we've ever found.
2: Like I, I can't imagine. To, I, it just sounds like the way this all happened. Like Tops was running around fat, dumb, and happy, and before you know it, like, maybe rested on their laurels and didn't. Right? I don't know. Like it, it, it really causes the question. Like when you're like these, I don't know what the negotiation cycle is, but it's almost like running for president. Does anybody really ever stop running like it used to be back in like, gosh, even when I was younger, like the presidential election cycle didn't start till what year three, uh, you know like you saw some challengers starting to emerge and and at the end of that year, that third year, throwing my hat into the ring and then you campaigned for twelve months, you know or almost twelve months you know before the election. you got people and kind of announcing now I'm running for president right and and, and and old Joe just took, his, took, took the helm, you know, like seven months, eight months ago. And so I guess if you have licenses, man, you should always be
0: negotiating. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Businesses continue all the time.
2: Well, this, this to is- Upgrade,
0: reject, oh, change,
2: otherwise you'll get left behind. This is illuminating. I mean, I, I, they, just, they just took a SPAC deal oh, right off of it. Speaking of SPACs, Richard Branson's been selling off some shares of uh old space spce i want to get mudrick real quick uh muds M- you said
1: i think that's the one he said uh yeah. yes yes sorry
4: i'm looking at i'm looking at some other spec charts at the moment but yes M U D S.
2: look at that so they announce in april here we go they announce in april right here we're buying tops boys i'm of this school of thought that somebody always knows but all of a, a lot of specs have gotten crushed. so now now, I guess the good thing for Mudrick, the bad thing for Tops, they've lost it. Their marriage is now over. The, 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 the couple that they were fiancé, if you're, if you're fiancé is a gender neutral term, right? Like fiancé yeah. isn't. Yeah, yeah. So they were fiancé's yeah. together, right? And now the hey, marriage ain't going to happen. And so Mudrick can go back to find another uh, suitor, you know, for their capital. Another deal, yeah. Another deal. Tops is screwed and by the way um just a little bit more a little bit deeper because this it doesn't just transcend like this little entity how cards are distributed like big part of walmart now it's not it's not uh it's not uh like it's not like grocery for walmart or target but they sell a ton of these things so everything from distribution how cards now you have And it's interesting if this is going to go through, if someone steps in like a government entity and says this is a monopoly, because um, how cards are distributed, there's like this whole hub and spoke network of, they get sent to distributors, the distributors then send them to local card shops, right from uh, the manufacturer themselves, they send them out to Target and Walmart. The whole, the whole, I mean, this this is going to affect so many people downstream. And does it affect eBay's, two? they did $2 billion of card transactions, right? So if, do they move digital? Like, is it all going to be NFTs? You know, like it, really super interesting stuff uh, moving forward. And so uh, just crazy what's happened. Let's talk leading stocks. Ready to do that?
3: Sure. I want
2: to, and uh, yes. look. Yeah, yes, yes. So here's stock and market lovers. What I do is I... I craft the show. By the way, the whole thing about the frogs did not, not how I planned the show. That was just all Andy said the word history. I'm like, oh, I'll show you those. Uh, I craft the show in a way that I it doesn't seem like it right now, that I try to involve everybody with some, with some uh, educational banter, okay? What I wanted to start the show was about the um, I'm going to play the game, what's the leading stop? okay? I'm going to start off, probably say some inflammatory things, uh, try to get Don's neck the head to pop off its neck like 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 that origin rocket. And then uh and then have Hunter and Alex try to clean up the mess and then Danny try to be the voice of So here we go, we're gonna play the game. Are you ready, Daniel? I'm ready. We're ready. Okay. Let me just I'm gonna start. By the way, real quick,
0: more specs are asking for redemption, their money back and failing just in the last couple of months. Really? Yep. Quite a bit.
2: Hunter, what specs were, were you looking at, brother, that, that are uh, in decline? Did you have any off the top of your head?
4: Uh, can you say that one more time, Tim? Sorry, I was uh, researching specs.
2: <laughs> put them to sleep, damn <laughs> it.
4: Which one So no, what I was, I, are we wanting to look at?
2: No, I was wondering which specs are getting destroyed. Which ones are you looking?
4: Uh, well, at? butterfly was one I was just looking at. <clears throat> butterfly has gone from thirty all the way back to ten, and more recently from nine up to fifteen, all the way back to ten in the last like three months. I'm just going through some of these names that used to be leaders yeah. um, as I'm. I mean, like QuantumScape from one thirty-two to nineteen. Um, what's the other?
2: Well, think about charge it. point. So hey, think about it for a second. So here's the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ on an hourly chart. Uh, so NASDAQ has changed, right? I, uh, this, isn't, this isn't like trying to pat my, I'm not patting myself. Because I, I, I was actually wrong. Like I, I thought the when, when the jobs report, the NASDAQ peaked on August 5th, right? Hit a new high on August 5th. August 6th is the Friday the jobs report comes out. Rates spike. And I, I thought that you're about to enter this rate cycle that would drive the NASDAQ lower and um uh maybe you'd have some churn with the s p and the dow the dow would the dow would rise again and, uh, and the nasdaq wouldn't underperform i was right about the underperformance of the nasdaq but i was wrong about the reason the nasdaq you can see on this hour rates churn. came down no, no. yeah and so uh i think it was this monday we had the morning call and i was looking at the 2013 2012 2013 time frame of the nasdaq when they started the last talking about tapering right and and over the weekend, this previous, you know, five, six days ago, the Fed sent out somebody to put some taper talk out. Like, they, they wanted it out in the news cycle. But, by the way, it got dominated by what was happening in Afghanistan. Like, most people probably missed this taper note, you know, uh, because of all the, the, the footage. Or that they was, don't
0: believe the Fed.
2: But well, one of the, yeah. And so, but you can see that the NASDAQ is clearly underperforming. And so, I am constantly looking for... Um, I, and I'm bringing this up because I think there's a process people should employ. I believe screening leads you to leadership. Like, like the market's always churning, right? And this market's been incredibly difficult because markets, and and it really goes back to this chart with the money supply. Because of all the money that's been injected into the market, okay, that's that's like if someone says, "Well, what's the cause of all this change?" It's the money. It's the M two. It's the money supply. So the market churns, right? Like, like. Now, the S and P's don't sell off, and, and but but they don't really go anywhere. But then you've got some leadership in some obscure field out in Kansas, and then the group that was just leading over in over in Washington, you know, is now falling, and that group in Kansas is leading, and you get this churn. It's just constantly happening, and the only way to uncover it is to screen. And so I offered up to Stock Nerds, I believe it was February sixth, I mean August sixth, or yeah, hey, here's a screen. Like an 821 screen, I'll give it to you. If you still want it, I'll send it to you. Of how to how I how I go through, you know. I think you should screen every day. How I can identify which groups are leading, right? And then, like last week, I was like, it's really striking that XLU is leading, like has been leading, and and those types of stocks, and and how the Nasdaq has been lagging. And so, um, and then the Nasdaq had a little bit of a sell off, you know, and now it's trying to come back. Um, We'll see if it does. It could, this is an hourly chart, make it up to this trend line. So then I started going, let me find, let me just show people what's been leading. Because if you watch the news or you read, like the media, just in general, media talk uh, is dominated by like just a handful of stocks. And, and I'll prove it to you here. Let me just show you my phone. And, and so like when I want to know what's going on in the market, I'll, Zach, I'm going to hold up my phone to the camera in a second. So uh, we can do these stocks too. So here's like if you can see this, I've got the intercorrelated assets on my phone. It really it mimics this. It mimics. This. I want to know what's going on. I look at. I can tell you what's going on in the market by looking at the intercorrelated assets. Not just not just like the Nasdaq yesterday. I get that. Right? Like anyone, of course you can tell what's going on in the market. You're looking at the indices. No, no. no I want to know like the ticks. I want to know the ADD. I want to know here. Like I want to know bond prices. I want to know yields. I want to know what the metals are doing. Don wants to talk about dollar the dollar and bit. interest rates. Yeah, I want to know all that stuff because I can, I can then form a, a picture in my mind of what's taking place and kind of why. Helps, that helps me go forward and make sense of what my screens are turning up. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so then it gets to the question, well, how do, you, how do you graphically show this to people, like this process? And so then I want to come here. And this is where I'm going to, I'm going to take all this stuff off. Except, like, what's the most boring thing I could think of? I I thought of XLU and XLP. So these are comparison charts. We're going to do two timeframes, okay? I'm not cherry-picking. I'm going to show you what I was just looking at, and I'll ask the fellas. We're going to do two timeframes. Here's 8.5, the day uh, the market peaked. Don McLean once said the day the music died. This is 8.5, okay? Little American Pie, right? Which is a history song. The whole thing's a history song, right? Yep. Um, Zach, familiar with the uh, American Pie? Of course. Yeah. It's... Um, Did you write the Book of who's, Love? Who's it about? Buddy Holly? Yeah. It, the, whole, the whole big bopper plane that, that died. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, 820, Richie Valens. Uh, yeah. So eight, So now it's 820, 8.05, 8, the day the music died for the NASDAQ. So, But look at XLU in that time frame. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I, I was to,
0: smiling, but it wasn't Richie. I was trying to think Who's the other guy that died in another plane crash?
2: Um, um, Anyone from Leonard? He was Skinner? on TV
0: too. He was on a did a kind of sitcom. Um, um, uh, it'll
2: come to you. It's just okay. bored forward to that when it does. Uh, so look at XLP. I'm like XLP is consumer stable. Like, what's more boring than utilities and stable? And look at this in this time frame. Just stay, utilities are up three and a half percent. Staples are up to you know to almost two and three quarter percent, and then like let's look at that compared to Amazon, which has had a reporting period. I believe no no not not since then. I'll I'll go back a month and then it would have had a reporting period. Amazon's down about five point seven percent. You can do it to the Nasdaq. Uh, you can do it to Tesla. Like what's Tesla done in this time frame? Tesla's down five percent in this time frame. But the names that dominate the news, and by the way, they dominate my watch list too. Like I've got just a running list of of tickers, of intercorrelated assets and tickers. And the first one's Apple, uh, Amazon, Netflix, Google. I, the, the ones everyone talks about because those are the big five, the big six that kind of dominate everything. How about Apple? Apple's made a tremendous run. Apple's had a Let's look at Apple. Apple is up 0.6%. Apple is underperformed. The utilities and the staples. And I find all of that to be interesting, right? And so then, uh, let's change it though, because this is just. Did you look it up? Do you know the answer? No, I
0: was texting my wife. <laughs> awesome.
2: Uh, and so, this is just like this is this is not even a month. So let's go back one month, okay? So we're going to change this to seven twenty. And look, time frames are subjective. I get it. We're going to do one month. The day that we did the day the Nasdaq peaked, and we can add some other stocks. Now. But like well what about one month because this little period doesn't make a market right well look at the outperformance of xlu here 6.7 percent. amazon down almost 11 percent. xlp up three percent uh tesla down two and a half percent apple up 1.22 percent. and so I, there are stocks that have like and i was kind of and look this isn't like i told you so, i was i was really shocked because i think when did the, Don, when did NVIDIA split?
1: Uh, NVIDIA split was uh, 719. seven, seven
2: nineteen. Okay, so, oh, okay, so we're going to catch the, the day after the split here. We can set it back to you, but, like, NVIDIA was shocking to me because uh, um, I thought it would be up more. In that whole, in this month, it's been up 10.32%. But if you look at the video in this, in the, when the NASDAQ topped, it's just following the industry down. And so I, I contend in what I, what I offer. And look, uh, take it with a grain of salt. There's always going to be leading stocks in an industry. But when the NASDAQ, like the NASDAQ's been lagging. Like, let's put the NASDAQ up here. Let me take somebody off here. off. We'll just get uh, the NASDAQ in here uh, yeah. against, um, do I have the NASDAQ? Yeah. Here's the NASDAQ. The Nasdaq's up 2.33 percent, and utilities up six, and it's even slightly underperforming the XLP. You don't—I don't, don't think—you want to go uh, balls to the wall in that indices that's lagging, but you have to know it's lagging, right? Like, and you have to have a metric to help you understand that it's lagging. And the only way I think you can do that is by screening. Like, if you screen every day, and a lot of the stocks. In the like in a, in a particular industry, whether it's the Nasdaq, if they're losing their twenty-one exponential moving average, right? Like, if, or if you're screening for a down cross, like it, is the eight coming through the twenty-one, or on a on a, on a just, you just want to know if it's if the five is coming through the eight? Is it the start of a slide? The more you can do that and ferret out that type of information to find the weakness or find the strength, I think the better off you're going to be. Doing the exercise I'm doing right now with you isn't helpful. Like it's just it's just showing you like how do you how do you get this kind of leadership like how do you how do you understand that utilities are leading uh, in this in this one particular moment in time you got you got to screen and so but I'm I'm curious Hunter give me give me a random stock right off the top of your head any one or a couple let's do well, a couple
4: before we do that can I make a few comments in relation to kind of what you're looking at there
2: yeah of course. <clears throat>
4: So to your point, um, XLU, XLP, right? Utilities and staples are pretty much your most defensive sector ETFs for the most part. XLRE, you can maybe throw in there a little bit as well, Um, but those are your defensive sectors. So you usually see those act well when people are nervous or scared or concerned about the future, which to Tim's point is evidenced by the consumer sentiment angling downward. Obviously, there is some fear. but also for the better part of the last month, really more so the last two or three weeks, you've we've had an elevated put-call ratio pretty much every single day uh, above its average anyway, closer to uh, 0.8, 0.9, and 1 more or less every day, uh, sometimes over one. And you've also had the fear-greed uh, just kind of stuck in a 20 to 40 range. Today, this morning, it was at 20. So for one, I think you've got just overall fear and concern driving some of that move and then additionally there's yield uh on xlu xlp xlre and you can't get yield anywhere else so i think it's part of it is is fear slash flight to safety and then also part of it is the attractiveness of the fact that like XLP has a two and a half percent dividend yield. XLU sure. has a, a decent dividend yield and it's, it's more attractive than treasuries it's more attractive than CDs. So <laughs> uh, that's something to think of as well. I mean, if you look at XLRE um, you know, it's over the that. last year, it's, it's been really strong as well, or even over the last month.
2: Over the last um, month, it's underperforming XLU. I didn't know that. Yep. But here's, no, I'd here's, say
4: that's because there's been more, there's been more fear. Um, uh, over the last uh, last three weeks to a month or so, honestly. Everything um, you said
2: is true, but to be helpful, because like, we're a show that, like, and I, I hesitated to do this drill, like, we're a show that has to look at the information today to try to make decisions for tomorrow, right? And, and the charts tell us that, like price tells you that. But how do you get people to take action in the right direction and it, it really is coming, it comes down to that screening process. Because some people, you might see that like, it, it's one thing if you screen like, wow, like all these utility stocks and like Colgate, Palmolive, you know, Procter and Gamble are, are working and Tesla's not. You have, to, you have to be able to look at the instruments, like look at, look at price and actually believe that it is telling you the truth, which is hard to do. Because when you're inundated every day, because it's the sexy news like in our in our world the sexy news comes from tech right it comes from apple it comes from facebook another another
0: how many well, how many got a screen and assign how many of yeah. you got a screen and sign probabilities because yeah. more often than not a big huge percentage of time those stocks are going to outperform xlu and 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 those defensive right, stocks de- so how yeah. defensive do you get and for how long before you switch gears, you just have to screen.
2: Again. Like if, but yeah. if Apple and, and Facebook, like if they start coming back in vogue, like you have to be, have a mechanism on a time frame that makes sense for you. Right. If it's a daily, if it's a weekly, like maybe you're like Tim, I want to know on a, on a four hour basis. Okay, great, but it has to work for you. But you have to have a mechanism that alerts you to this, telling you a month ago that the utility started to lead isn't helpful. Are utilities going to continue to lead. Uh, until they uh, break their, healthy. yeah, yeah. They, uh, until they break their twenty-one, but understanding the market you're in right now is, you know, like people can talk of like, and this is what happens. Like, I don't tell people what I do for a living because I don't want to go to, I don't want to get in social situations and talk to it. I just don't. I don't want to convince anybody of anything. I don't want them, of course. Do I don't want them to do it to me. And so, uh, like, let's take real estate off here. What's Facebook over this month period? Did I not check Facebook? not on there sorry
4: so it's a uh, blow tim oh. oh you got it that's fine too
2: yeah you see it down a little uh, bit down a little thank bit. you thank you brother uh facebook uh uh oh, oh, four point tim <laughs>
4: so just, will you uh yeah will you throw um arkk up there oh that's, for,
2: man let's do that hey, for looking
4: kathy, purposes and this, also throw up xbi
2: sure oh biotechs and kathy yeah, woods I think that'll show yeah. you
4: the weakness yeah
2: and so um, you have to have a mechanism that gives you, wow, XBI down five over a month, right? And so, mm-hmm. but you, but, but that's, those are the market changes that you want to be aware of. And like I, everybody, everybody at Revere has, has, has their screening process to find leadership. But to be able to then like, be able to put it together, like if the big five are underperforming, like the big, you know, the top five are the NASDAQ 100 if they're underperforming right you want to know that because that'll tell you well, where do I where do I give my attention to do I put it such well what's the s&p doing where's the where maybe it's time to just be s&p it, what's the dow doing what's the Russell Or doing? hedge or raise cash something right to, to alert you because what happens is um you get lulled into this um buy the dip buy the you know by the one day buy the dip isn't going to work right now i mean hmm, it, buy the dip is absolutely what's happening in the market. I mean,
0: we're only a few percent off of five. Yeah, like yeah,
2: exactly. But understanding the change, see, because the indice can float. But the stocks you're in at home can just and to be able to spot that change and not throw good money potentially after bad, or to be able to have a mechanism to harvest profits. And I think that's that's what I'm trying to dig at here. And I don't know if I'm doing a good job of it, but like I use the ATR chart. So so let's do, Hunter, I'll come back to you in a second. Don wanted to talk about yeah. the dollar. And so I've got UUP somewhere on here, Don. Just give me a second as I find it and I take off Facebook and Arc uh, and Biotech. And, and Don, Don want to talk UUP. and I don't let Don do that, but he wanted to do it on an ATR chart, which is where I'm going to go to now. And so when you're looking at, and for me, how I use the ATR charts, it's probabilities. Like I think the market, I think of the markets in terms of probabilities. Uh, UUP. I can do DXY over here, Don. I'm sorry. Uh, DXY. And so Don's like, hey, Mark, I'll let Don explain why he wants to look at the dollar. But when you come to this 3ATR or 2ATR, I'm one alert. 3ATR, I'm thinking you're about to pull back. And, and just really quickly, every, most everyone's heard this explanation. Why? Because the mean, or the 21 exponential moving average, that's the mean, no matter what time frame you're looking at, whether it's a daily, weekly, hourly chart. When, you, when you're looking here, you're looking at the mean, but then you're adding that time period is plus one. Okay, Another one of those periods is plus two. Another one of these periods is plus three. And so you can see a visual representation of are we stretched, like are we overbought? So instead of letting people throw those terms around loosey-goosey, you now have a, a fact-based look at the situation and you can make a determination. And I'm telling you that when you get plus two ATR, especially plus three HR you need to be thinking harvesting or or potentially hey like this might not work if it starts going below the mean and so don why did you want to look at the dollar
1: that right where you drew with the uh the pink ink right there the last time the dollar peaked
2: oh yeah uh, there.
1: there was a show that we were doing and one of the comments that you made is that you you wouldn't be surprised if the nasdaq started to outperform because the dollar was so extended to the upside on the ATR chart, mm-hmm. stocks typically move inverse to the dollar. And that showed a perfect opportunity for the dollar to start pulling back. And that corresponded with a, a decent run uh, in stocks until the dollar bottom there. Then you see the strength in the dollar and that's corresponded with a bit of a weakness mm-hmm. in stocks. But now we're back up to, uh, the positive ATR again at the plus two on the UUP. And if we start pulling back from there, uh, that should be beneficial to stocks.
2: Yeah, look, it's oh, options expiration. You... I'm sorry, Don.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, uh, what does that have to do with the with the dollar and uh, the oh, chart?
2: Yeah, I... I... There's a lot of movement in stocks today that aren't going to make sense because of all the premium that was sold, especially monthly SPY. Uh, it, a lot of stocks get, they sell this, like, I bet you, I, what's uh, a 785 pin? I haven't looked at Tesla uh, price-wise. I don't know what's trading at, but Tesla had a lot of open interest around 785. Uh, stocks tend to gravitate to where most premium is sold, and then, and then they're going to do what they're going to do. But markets are very bullish today. And look at this little pullback in the dollar. Don's, Don's spot on here, and being able, being able to spot these types of correlations, I think, is crucial because it allows you to take the intercorrelated assets of the market and understand that. So, like, what Don's saying is, okay, uh, if dollar probably stretch, if dollar were to stretch up to this third ATR, what do you think that does for the Nasdaq? Yeah, it's probably going to hurt it. If dollar uh, pulls back to the mean or or lower, maybe it starts another good run, but. If, and how would you use that? Well, okay. It, you,
1: right. Because on yeah. the other hand, if you drew a horizontal line from uh, that top where you started over the over the two tops that we've had in the last couple of weeks, that's a cup and handle breakout. Mm-hmm. So very often, right there, and then a little bit further to the right, if you drew a horizontal line, you'll oh, see right. the cup and handle breakout in, in the dollar. Yeah. But... Right. We're going all the way over to where you started drawing. It's oh, big, I'm it's sorry. It's a big cup.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, Starting, I got you. I got you. Keep
1: going right there. There's the cup yeah. keep coming up. Yep. And oh, then right. the handle yeah. and then the breakout. Now, very frequently with cups and handles, the, the question is, is this going to be, be the beginning of a breakout and a change in trend on the dollar? Is the dollar going to continue to go higher? Uh, What I would look for is the highs, those last two highs that we made before the breakout, when the dollar pulls back, does that contain that pullback? Or is it going to fall back into the base and come back closer to the mean? And that's probably going to dictate a lot of how stocks are going to perform. Now, remember, typically August and September are seasonally the worst two months for stocks. And then normally we make a bottom in October and rally into year end. And we're very cognizant of that, but we don't make decisions based on seasonality. We make decisions based on how our individual stocks are acting. And since that peak on April 5th, it hasn't as much been an an underperformance on the NASDAQ or the QQQ, as it has been on uh, the smaller growthier type names that underperformed starting with the middle of February, for example. Since 8.5, QQQJ, which is a mid-cap NASDAQ proxy, is down 3.5%. IWO, the Russell growth, is down 4.5%. ARK is down 7.9%. FFTY, uh, the IBD proxy, is down 3.5%. And PDP, a momentum index, is down 2.6%. These are the five that we focus on every day for those five ETFs are, are, are what give us a feel for uh, risk on or risk off on the overall market, particularly with uh, mid and uh, mid cap growth and uh, large cap growth, and to a slightly less extent small cap growth. Uh, so, underperformance there's always regression uh, back to the mean, and that works when something's extended to the upside and to the downside. Apple and Google have actually outperformed the S and P 500 since this top. Uh, on 8.5, so it's not necessarily the big cap Nasdaq stocks, the stocks that are lagging, but it's the the growth names that we track in, and we see this in our portfolios. We topped on 8.5 also. Uh, the Nasdaq 100 knocked on the door to try to get above that 8.5 high several times, but couldn't do it. Um, and then, after lagging, we had a big gap down at the open on Thursday, and then a very strong rally off of that. Which very similar to what happened on 5.19, the last time uh, growth was underperforming. Uh, We had a little bit of a rally into resistance. We gapped down. We closed at the high of the range, and we we went on a a stellar run over the next two months. I'm just saying to be prepared for all outcomes. We've gotten significantly more defensive over uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week as some of our stops got hit, but we're looking at a lot of, uh, low risk entry points. Uh, we had a, de- a, a, a hammer, which is a, a gap down and a close near the highs in the market on Thursday. We're seeing follow through strength on Friday. We actually had two closes on uh, the indexes, the S and P and the Nasdaq 100. We had two closes below the 21 uh, Wednesday and Thursday, but we've gotten back above it today. Any sell offs intraday on the Nasdaq on Friday have all been met with buyers. So we're gonna close the week back above the 21 if uh, over the next two and a half hours as it takes us to four o'clock Eastern time if the strength persists. Uh, And then what we wanna see is when we pull back to the 21, is that gonna hold or not? And that's gonna dictate our next steps uh, in our portfolios. We've got a list of leaders, we've got low risk entry points. Uh, The best stocks we're still in because we didn't get stopped out on them, the ones that underperformed we did uh we came into the week with a beta almost uh twice of what the S&P was we're going out about 1.2 um but the the leaders uh they held, the leaders that we primarily had been the biggest part of our portfolios have held just fine that's net N-E-T, which held the 21 nicely and is bouncing uh back above it today uh, Nvidia, which had a nice shakeout after earnings and is now um, held its 21 and going higher. And Datadog, which has pulled back a little bit over the last couple of days, but uh, is still holding its breakout. And what we've seen ever since the 5th, when we topped, is that a lot of these leading tech stocks have made no further progress. They're just going sideways. Uh, it's it's said that sometimes they either wear you out or scare you out and um, what happens next week, as far as whether this week's lows hold is gonna be very crucial. Like I said, there's a lot of good setups, there's been rotation, healthcare has been extremely strong, staples and utilities have been strong, but those trends really don't persist uh, in staples and, health and uh, utilities unless the market is really going to uh, wet the bed. Um, so we'll be looking as always at which sectors are leading but as of right now, if uh, the spike lows from Thursday hold, which is right above the 50-day moving average on the NASDAQ 100, that's a positive sign for the market. We've also got sentiment being uh, overly negative and the put-call ratio being high, which are also contrarian bullish signals uh, for the market. So the key is going to be Thursday's lows and the 50-day moving average holding.
2: And so how- Tim hey, Tim- One second. So. Just I'll get to you in one second, Hunter. So if you're at home and you're like, well, how do you take all that information and make yourself or save yourself money? If you're screening for something like an 821 crawl, like the eight coming through the sh- the smaller moving average coming through, the shorter moving average coming through, the faster moving average coming through the longer moving average, the momentum is lost. So if you saw staple, staple stocks, Procter and gambling, uh, uh utility stocks, me, uh, come and start fading. And, and and then you took the dollar the work that don just did with you with the dollar and the dollar's coming down like that's presenting to you in inform- that's presenting to you risk in- going. information that you need to be able i think you need to be able to process and and when you when you're able to actively screen like that and then use a piece of the intercorrelated assets like that that's going that's absolutely going to help you stay on the right side of the market because uh, when someone says there's always a bull market somewhere, like some days the markets just suck, right? Like it, it, uh, because of the ETFification of the markets, everything gets drugged down. And if you could spot a month ago that utilities were about to lead, it, it might have saved you from from a from an erroneous purchase that's going no, you know, a purchase that's going nowhere, backwards. Or, or, or 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 like
0: or conversely, getting in early when it starts yeah. to set up.
2: Yeah, and so you can take what Don just said. So okay, dollar like okay, the 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 things that we're leading, staples and utilities, they're starting to break down, the dollar's coming back. Maybe I can take some small entries back into the NASDAQ. Oh, and by the way, it's holding to twenty one, so it's above me. Like there's all those little pieces of information. And then conversely, if they start breaking like utilities are accelerating, uh, and, and the market's not holding to twenty one and the dollar is You might hold off on a buy. Yeah, like you, you just be. Danny has this phrase I'm going to butcher. It's like you're, you're playing yesterday's. What do you say to people all the time? You're playing Plays last Friday night's football game. game. Yeah, you're playing last Friday night's football game. Gotta and play and, next Friday and, and football drills. Game. But if
0: you don't understand what you're saying, what we're saying here, reach out to me. I'll reach give, out yeah. and I'll, I'll explain it in a little more detail because you really got to understand what we're talking about. I mean, it will yeah. really help you because if you're an active person mm-hmm. yourself and you don't understand these things, you're swimming with sharks. Yeah. You, you need to understand.
2: No, no, that, that's a true reason. Act- and so, like, when I do this drill, and, oh, gosh, Danny, I don't think we've done this drill in over a year and a half. Like, I can't remember the last time I pulled this up and started doing this kind, of, this, this, this particular setup. Um, it's, it's, it, it is. Ex- this is playing last Friday night's football game. But I needed to do this so I could then set up Don to talk about the dollar. Mm-hmm. Then and talk about how you actively use that piece of information, and he just didn't stop at the dollar. He said, "Okay, now I'm going to tie that into four different ETFs. Now I'm tying that into what what is the Nasdaq doing?" and and that picture, that site picture for Don, it doesn't have to be your you site want picture.
0: Confirmation with a you, couple different indicators.
2: You want, and, but, you but it's forward. Thing. It's forward thinking. It's not. This is revision. This right here. Is what happened yesterday. If you watch CBC, go to Yahoo. This is what happened yesterday. That's. I don't think that that's helpful. Being able to forward things is what I think we excel at, and which makes us different. One of the at one of the factors that makes us different. And so, Hunter, I am sorry. We, I want sorry, sorry.
1: One more comment. We didn't talk about interest rates uh, either, and the big move in interest rates started with the strong jobs report 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. but we have given up all of those uh, that raise in rates in the 10 year has uh, completely disappeared since that strong jobs report
2: uh, i and, that, and, that, and i view that as problematic because i go back to the i go back to speaking of history i go back to that 2012 2013 taper time and that's what happened that was the playbook the nasdaq
0: well, they started talking about tapering and everybody took them at the word, and the market started selling off. And then it yield, started rallying yield, again.
2: Yields well, went down.
0: Yeah, yields went down and then the market recovered.
2: Well, yields went down and the market sold off 10%. That's what happened in 2012, 2013. And that's, a, that's, that's, that's so counterintuitive to what, what, what Don was just mentioning. Like, hey, man, we gave up that interest rate, that yield raise, and that's, that's problematic. And, and from, you know, if if the dollar does move higher,
0: if, st- if that is a big uh, red flag, if the market right. starts selling off, uh,
2: yeah, and and to so just to drive this point home, and then Hunter, I swear i got I'm coming back to you. Like, look at Don's video here on April, excuse me, August 10th. Growth stocks pull back as rates continue to rise. CPI on deck. So like we're setting it up here, and then the, the next day, uh, Pitbull low, Nasdaq sell off brewing. That, that's a week from the Nasdaq sell off. Like we're taking the information and we're synthesizing it for you like 5 nights a week into this kind of forward outlook. We're trying to give you tomorrow's market today. I knew you'd have something like that for me. <laughs> and so look, go to com. Find it on Daily Market Insight. Or if you're like, and that's that's too much, I got a family. The podcast is absolutely we have been talking about this uh it, like our s and is going to crash like 2015. I still think that if um in the right scenario, that's a possibility. Okay, I still think that there's a, there, there's some things out there. Doesn't matter what I think though. Whatever's going to happen is going to play out.
0: Got to watch the market, see right. what they're
2: doing. Uh, look, uh, everything else is just. Our tech stocks e- going e- to flop like a bomb.
0: Economic forecast, like
2: our, like our tech stocks going to flop like a run, and they 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 did. Now let's see how they handle reclaiming the twenty one. Like yeah, like like it's just information, like. It's dangerous to be on one side, like everything's bear, like everything's bullish, everything. Like, no, what information are you processing? And so, I I think we have the answers for stock nerds and market lovers. This is why people come to us as clients. And if you want to do that, by the way, stock market lovers, contact us page at reviewasset dot com eight five five seven three two thirty two. Want to talk to anybody on the team? You can absolutely. It makes us different. One of the other things we. Actually give you access. Everyone at StreetAdvisor, uh, you know, at uh, StripMallAdvisor.com or uh, you call.
0: Strip.
2: Yeah. Like, got you, well, what happens we is that got that they code. put you in a bunch of different uh, mutual funds. And then when you underperform, you go to Bob Smith and Bob Smith says, yeah, let me call up John Doe. And John De- they Doe, they have no access to the mutual fund managers. They tell you that that guy is banned. I'll put you in a different mutual fund. It's plausible deniability. Everybody, if they work at strip mall if you go to a strip mall and you see an advisor, strip mall, they all subscribe to the same theory, 60-40 portfolio, strip mall advising you, and they all have plausible deniability. Literally, in our shop, unlike some other shops. We've the, got accountability. The, the buck, well, the buck does stop here.
0: Let's go to Hunter for accountability. <laughs> Let's
2: go to Hunter for accountability. <laughs> By the way, Your if daily? you call.
0: If, oh, you, if you call, no sports,
2: Hunter. Hold on, are just you, talking stocks. If no you, sports. If you, if you sir, call, yes, sir. You're gonna get. You're gonna get Danny or Merrill. Is Merrill answering the phone now? Yeah,
0: yeah. he's good. Like no, him. no, I know,
2: but I mean, I didn't know if you were taking 99 percent of the phone calls. No, no. Wow.
0: If look, they look. want to talk markets or strategy or whatever, I'll take the call. Look how big you've gotten.
2: I'm, you got your I'm, chest I'm, hair I'm, puffing I'm big, out. We got We got to get Merrill. Yeah, I she's see. so sweet. Well, man. next time Danny's out, we're going to get what it's like to work with Danny. Because I'm telling you, the Apple conversation that Danny had today he came out. Yes. Okay, Hunter, let's talk about stocks. <laughs> <laughs> the yes, show's going to be four
0: hours long if I keep letting them go.
2: The uh, Apple conversation TV. you had with Merrill was hilarious. Go ahead.
4: Well, you just would you pull up uh, XLU on a uh, ATR chart, please? I was just curious as to where it's at. It's got to be pretty close to the third ATR, I would imagine. Yeah, it sure is. Okay.
2: Yeah, and I thought, and and it did. It gave you that. It gave you that uh, wiggle of a pullback, and it didn't give it up. And that's 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 actually a sign. I've seen that enough times now. That's a sign of strength. I don't know. You know, it's one of those. It's one of those outlier trail up your stops type scenarios. (laughs) I'm sorry: Yeah,
4: I, uh, something I noticed while we were looking at this is that XLU has not really closed below the eight-day exponential moving average in essentially a month, the yep. time frame you're looking at. so maybe something to pay attention to is uh, when the eight-day starts to roll over, or if you get a uh, close or multiple closes below that on XLU maybe as a uh, indication that the, uh, the trend is uh, slowing down for a little bit or uh, starting to turn the other way.
1: But it's also ignoring relation- interest rates are doing. With that, that yeah. steady uptrend XLU, interest rates have made no difference to how the XLU is acting. That's a good point. Um, as far
4: as individual names go, I've got a few uh, few smaller names uh, that mm-hmm. have some interesting business models that are at very nice risk-reward points or very close to uh, their 21-day moving average. I've got one big gap up and then uh, one dirty 30 name uh, to look at. Tim, will you pull up you? unity software
2: oh
4: yeah, man. yeah so this is one of the former leaders of last year Um uh, ipo'd in september was really strong into the end of last year and actually kind of peaked out a little bit ahead of most growth stocks um in the december to january area but this is a stock that had a big gap up on earnings back above their 200 day moving average Uh, Made a second day higher high and then made a higher high again on the third day. Uh, Tested the 200 and the 21 more or less on light volume and bounced off of it nicely. They were added to Swing Trader today, so that might be skewing some of the volume. But nonetheless, the price action is good. Bounced off the 200, got back above the 8. And this is a pretty interesting software company. I think I've covered it before. But just for a brief summary, uh, they have 3D, 2D, and VR, interactive real-time software platforms that allow you to collaborate and work with other people. Um, but it's And when you see that, you think, okay, well, that applies to like movies and gaming, but their software actually also applies to engineering, manufacturing, construction, uh, automobiles, et cetera. So they have a very broad reach uh, or large in-market for their, their actual software platform, uh, which makes it a little bit interesting. Beyond that, I've got three names that are not the most liquid, but they are getting more liquid and they're strong. Tim, will you pull up SPT? It's Sprout Social uh, is the name of this company.
2: And this is essentially,
4: yeah. So this had a a breakout on earnings as well, got above 100, has held the 21, and is now back above the 8 as well. So decent action today on Sprout. But this is a, a, a company to keep in mind for the future as well. I mean, obviously, it's been strong now. Uh, but this is a one-stop shop uh, cloud-based platform for managing all of your social media um, engagement, analytics, post, et cetera. And they have some pretty interesting customers as well. Roku and Shopify, uh, Subaru, just a couple of companies to list a few. So a cloud-based company or software platform that helps you maximize the potential of your social media engagement marketing etc and the next company is lspd these are all software companies as you're going to see here Um, lspd is a point of sale software company similar kind of scenario it's a all-in-one cloud-based cloud-based platform excuse me um to handle all of your point of sale software, track your information, et cetera. Another one that broke out and has come back and is holding the 21. And lastly, RPD, Rapid7. This is a cybersecurity company, but it's another situation where you've got basically a one-stop shop platform with a suite of tools to build out and customize your uh, security system for your company, uh, in whatever capacity that looks like. So it's just a one-stop shop to customize and maximize effectiveness for your uh, software security, sensitive information security for your business. So anyways, three leading stocks that are a little bit on the lighter side in regards to liquidity, but are all very close to the 21 after strong moves and starting to consolidate. And the last one is a gap up here. This is Footlocker, Tim, FL. This has uh, traded about, 1,300% above average volume or 13 times more than the normal daily volume, at least on a 50-day uh, looking backwards basis. So this is sitting right on the 50-day at the moment, which is why I bring it up. Gapped up to 61.50, has come back and is just sitting right here around this 59 level, which is also where the 50-day the is. But that is the most volume that Footlocker has traded um, and it, they may end up surpassing it today, but the most volume they've traded since that 15.2 million day on 82120, and uh, more so than the previous big days uh, going back to early 2020. So, a strong move to get back above all of those moving averages, too. At least for the time being, we'll see if it holds. But all right. that's all I got,
2: Tim. Awesome, Alex. What you got today? When are you gonna drop another video?
3: Sorry. When
2: are you gonna drop another video, Alex?
3: Well, <clears throat> market wasn't right for a video this week. <laughs>
2: I, 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 I think you should do, and I, I, I don't know how they, I think you should do like follow-ups, like how you handled the trades. Do that. I think that yeah, would be, I think I, people I like would that. like that.
3: Well, the last video I did, I'm still in the position on the line. Okay. It's holding the 21 EMA pretty nicely. This, a might, be a good posi- this might be a good spot for, uh, if you wanted to try it and you still haven't, this might be a, a better risk entry right here. Oh, but, but you can
0: also um, follow up on the evolution of the trade, like how you're managing it between the buy and the sell. I'll
2: help you out here, Alex. Evolution. And uh, where you find <laughs> A- Alex? Where do you find all those wonderful videos?
3: <laughs> uh, you can go on our uh, YouTube channel, Revere Asset, and make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Press that bell notification on your phones.
2: There you go. Alex's videos drop exclusively on our YouTube channel,
3: <laughs> and so.
2: What I'm, what I'm coaxing Alex to do, hopefully, uh you have to do if you want to.
3: Yeah, I update, think it's a good idea.
2: Update, update the trades. Like whether you're still in them, um, yeah. You manage it on going. Uh, yeah, I think, I think how you manage them. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Anyway, go ahead, Alex. You, I'm so sorry.
3: Yeah. So a, a little bit of a different than the themes I usually buy on. I usually like high growth tech stocks, but uh, pull up this read BNL. It's a little bit of a less liquid name. So this Broadstone, they're actually out here in Arizona too. They have uh, apartment complexes, what have you. Th- that's telling me something right there, that chart. Um, this is a nice cup and handle base. It's pulled back to that 21 EMA. I have not bought it yet, but it's on my like top five new ideas to, to try. That theme could continue for a while. I don't see real estate really slowing down. Uh, houses are still being swooped up, at least here in Arizona. I don't know how it is in Texas and Florida, but hmm. um, it seems to be a very hot theme. And Funny you uh, should people... ask. Dallas-Fort mm-hmm.
2: Worth market has summer chill. Uh, we dropped 20.8% the F.W. Metroplex. Dropped uh, for the month of July. 20.8% oh, wow. what? Of sales. What? They fell.
0: Uh,
2: I oh. think part of
0: that is they're running out of inventory, though.
2: Well, I, I, yeah, you you can you right. read the article. I'm
3: just, the only other area to
2: fall as much as Dallas was Salt Lake City.
3: Well, this is, that could benefit them. I mean, their rental properties, rent rent rates are, uh, the prices of rent has gone up significantly in the mm-hmm. across the country. Yep. So they'll capitalize right. either way. Um, the, the other stock I want to talk about, we do own in-house. Uh, it was, I want to talk about the price action of it, is NVIDIA. If you could pull up. Um, it doesn't matter a daily or an hourly chart of that. I want to talk about how it acted around these earnings with its 50-day moving average yesterday. In the morning, it sliced through it, but then it came screaming back higher throughout the entire day, closed uh, just around 200. And then we have a follow-through today with volume. Um, The other thing is back on July 19th, There was a big volume day and the stock came back above off the 50 day. So that's twice now that it's come to the 50 day and shown significant strength within a base. That is to me is, if I've seen a buy signal on a leading liquid name, this would be it. Um, I bought calls this morning on this in the beta test portfolio. And for myself, Uh, I bought the $200 strike September. I gave myself one month. I figured, it's going to be a few days run. I usually sell uh, when, when I get about a fifty percent gain. I usually take, I trim down, take some profits about fifty percent, and then I'll see what what it does next week. But right now, I got my eyes lasered in on on Nvidia. I think that this is the talk about liquid leading with the fundamentals. This is the name, and that's it for me. For
2: what's your criteria for selling? Like if the calls languish or premium comes out. of Yes,
3: that's a good question. I so. My max pain, if, if, unless the stock gap's down, of course, the next day, you can get unlucky on options. But 20% loss max, and I usually, on a, let's say you have a $10,000 account, okay? I would only use 500 to 1,000 bucks on one options trade. Um, so if you take that 20% loss, you're not gonna take a significant hit to your portfolio. You don't wanna go all in on options. It, it's a lot riskier, they move a lot faster, um, give yourself some time at least a month out and make sure your option that you're buying is very liquid with high open interest of a, like a thousand or more. And make sure your volume is up there too. You want to make sure there's other big time buyers in the in the options you're buying. Options work like stocks. You want liquidity to get in and out of that position. Um, but yeah, minus 20% on the stop loss. And then I usually trim profits about 50%, sometimes even a hundred percent, and then If you have some runners, sometimes you can get lucky, get a high flyer, and uh, get get a nice triple. You know, it can happen.
0: But again,
2: position sizing is key. Yeah, and and you gotta understand these can these can languish too. So if the stock doesn't go anywhere, oh yeah, your option, your call option, still loses money. Yeah, yeah. And so time is not on your side. No. And if anybody
3: has questions on that, you can call me. I would love to talk about options. About it's called the Greeks, which is your 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 delta, your theta, your vega um how these options deteriorate over time what happens with uh, within 30 days of expiration what how your option like tim just said if it's the stock underlying stocks at the same price your option is going to go down so it's important to understand an intrinsic and extrinsic value i can go over that if anybody has questions they can call me or email me
2: okay i'll tell you what don do you have anything else to add i know you, you talk talked to yeah we
1: we uh, we took a position yesterday I um in igv the big cap tech software uh etf uh, um the nasdaq 100 while it's been going sideways has been fighting the uh from semiconductors socks was down since that 85 top Sox was down 5.2 percent uh but software stocks just went sideways during this uh period and then with the gap down on Thursday and the recovery, two stocks that are the two biggest holdings in IGV, uh, Adobe and Microsoft broke out. So you're seeing a lot of strength in uh, big cap uh, big cap software. And 44% of IGV is Adobe, uh, Microsoft, uh, Now, N-O-W, Intuit, I-N-T-U, uh, CRM, and all the charts look good. Over the uh, yeah, they pulled back, good. they held the twenty-one, and they're making progress. So, so Jeez,
2: IGV, Microsoft, Microsoft just had a, a price announced a price increase. That's price, the that. Microsoft pricing power. When you have pricing power, yeah, you can do anything you want to do. All right, uh, is that all you got, done? That's it, Danny. Take us home. I will,
0: but before I do, the person I was thinking about the musician was Ricky Nelson. Oh, yeah, died in a plane hey. crash up right around DeCab, texas in my wife's father's property he really? crashed in his field yeah. ricky nelson There were P- ricky nelson he was flying from texas back to dallas wow and yeah crashed anyway uh so they had people coming all around their house or around their property for when they were their house for the next uh few few months by the way you also were talking about leading indicate consumer mm-hmm. confidence leading indicators one very good indicator that i found and i'm still refining it is is debt you know so like when you when companies buy charged off debt and the collectability of that charged off debt when mm. when when the collectability's pretty good the markets are always pretty good but when all of a sudden the collectability starts drying up it's much harder to collect that debt price that debt charged off debt goes down normally the market's correct about 6% months after that and that's because it's it's very related to consumer confidence but it's it's kind of underneath the hood and it it happens a little bit later so you can kind of see that a little in advance all right folks listen if you like what you heard please tell a friend tell a neighbor just send them to revereasset.com uh we won't spam them we won't reach out to them anyway it's up to them to reach out to us they can sign up for our daily market insight video goes right to their inbox uh, five days a week, any day the market's open. And also get this uh, podcast. You can also email any of us, Dan at RevereAsset.com, Don at RevereAsset, Tim at RevereAsset, Hunter at RevereAsset, or Alex at RevereAsset. And you can always call us old school at 855-REAL-WELL. We'll talk to you next week on Your Money.